I want to get really raw and open and honest and vulnerable today. I want to live every day that authentically, but especially in this moment, I just want to be really uh, raw and share some really tender stuff that I'm currently working through. That's always been the intention of this podcast to share what I'm going through with the hope that it might serve you or, or someone else in this world on their journey because I'm not a therapist. I'm not, you know, any kind of like certified quote unquote expert, but uh, I would say my gift is my ability to feel things fully, um, to reflect and to be authentic and real and to be an open book. And in a world where there's a lot of superficiality, superficial presence and artifice, um, I'm all about authentic presence. And so um, that relates to, you know, mindfulness and other things that I do teach. Um, and so, yeah, that that's sort of, if you've listened to the podcast before, that's always been my intention. And um, today I'm just going to be really raw and real. Um, first, by acknowledging that I literally have not recorded an episode in forever. And there's a reason for that. It wasn't, um, you know, that I stopped caring about it or that it stopped being a part of my purpose or passion. Um, I went through something incredibly traumatic um, at the end of 2021. And it was just this very milestone traumatic event. And I'm not going to get into all of the nitty gritty of it. <sighs> deep breath. <laughs> but um, today I felt inspired to get on here and record something and share an aha moment that I had today. Um, because over the past year, I've done a lot of healing. And I had healed, you know, healed from other things in my past. Um, and I felt really competent to, you know, teach what I had learned. Um, but this traumatic event, um, it really brought me to a bottom <laughs> emotionally that I've never been to before in my life. And it was scary and it was intense and, um, it was such an, it triggered such a deep inner wounding within me that I struggled a lot to navigate it. And it wasn't until you know, very recently where I feel like, okay, I've really um, come a long way from there and I'm ready to actually begin sharing again with others um, what I've learned. And um, I think a key word that's coming to me right now is resilience because life is always going to throw us some kind of curveball when we're not expecting it right. And um whether it's someone we love dying or becoming estranged or um, other, you know, life transitions that we go through, uh, the, the only thing we can really come back to um, is that resilience. You know, we can't stop the waves, but we can learn to surf. That's one of my favorite quotes. So, um, yeah, this one was tough for me. And, um, you know, and at the same time, like 
one of the things I teach as well is, you know, mindfulness, but also self-care. So it was a self-care thing for me as well to, um, you know, a younger me might have pushed through and been like, I started this podcast, I'm going to keep recording every single week, you know, um, and push through. And it just didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel right to, to do that. And it would have, I mean, it would have made for some entertainment, but um, I don't know how resourceful it, it would have been, um, aside from letting someone know, you know, you're not alone, which I can say now, if you're going through something like really traumatic and tough, that even if you, you know, teach others about resilience, like you're struggling with it um, in those really hard moments, um, I can tell you, you're not alone. <laughs> it happens to everyone, literally the the best of us and um, the worst of us and whatever you want to call it, you know, it just happens to every human. Um, it's part of the part, part of the gig that we're all a part of. So um, yeah, I think just as a practice of self-care, I had to take a step back from a, from a lot of things. And um, I would say, you know, um, I, I think another part of, of the self-care component is, you know, I think today I don't want to get into all of the details of what happened, but I will share in a nutshell because it does come back to uh, what I wanted to talk to you all about today, um, which is letting go and just how, um, excuse my French, uh, effing hard that is, <laughs> and um, just how hard it is it, when it's we have a deep uh, sort of attachment. Um, and I want to get into all of that. So before I do that, um, I'm just going to share, yeah, in a nutshell, what happened, which was that um, my boyfriend, I had been with on and off for a long time. We were very much on and together and in a committed, I thought, relationship. I thought it was committed. Um, and he he ended up cheating on me. And um, it was really, threw me for a loop how it happened. I was under the impression that he didn't drink alcohol. Um, I'm the kind of girl, you know, I enjoy a mimosa from time to time. I'll have a margarita with you, but um, I'm not a heavy drinker. I don't ever want to be drunk in my life. I don't ever want to be hungover in my life. So I don't, I don't really drink. I don't like drinking culture and I stay away from it. Um, in my early twenties, it was a different story <laughs> if you knew me back then, but these days, um, you know, it's not, it's just not for me. It's not my thing. And our relationship had been a really, um, sober one. You know, he didn't drink at all around me even if I would have a glass of wine with dinner, he, you know, wouldn't. And I would actually feel judged for it. I'd be like, look, I can have a glass of wine. Like it's not a big deal. But, um, I bring that up because basically what happened was he was at a work event and he did seven shots of tequila, um, was what he told me and, um, had sex with a woman he worked with. And I guess I am kind of getting into some of the details here. Um, but it was incredibly traumatic. Um, you know, it it wasn't just that, you know, event. Um, he continued to like, you know, try to manipulate me, lied to me more about different things, you know, crafted fake text messages that he told me he sent her telling her that 
um, you know, he had a girlfriend, all, all these things were happening. And like, even just hearing myself say it now, I'm just like, this is so far beneath me that it makes me sick that I ever, you know, even went out with this person. Like, I just feel all the feelings, embarrassment, shame, like I just, horror, like all of these awful feelings. And um, I guess what I can share today is like, you know, I was so obviously like destroyed by betrayal. Like I was so, um, you know, hurt and um, I can't even put it into words, like what I went through. Um, But uh, what I'll say is that for a while I kept making it about this other person betraying me. And then I got this insight and perspective that, you know, what about all the times that I actually betrayed myself in order to make it work with this person and to stay with this person when there were glaring red flags that I was just like walking right past thinking like, you know, uh, but like, he loves me or whatever it is, you know, and, um, I know there's some people out there who can relate to this. Um, and I'm trying really hard to not judge myself while simultaneously having the mindfulness and the awareness that I never want to make the choices I made to stay with someone when there were red flags. And I've come so far from, from when this happened Um, Like I said, it was over a year ago at this point, Um, but I also want to talk today about maybe why we do ignore red flags sometimes, because it's so easy to beat ourselves up for doing it. It's good to have the awareness we're doing it. I mean, that's crucial and vital, but then like really understanding what's underneath it, the really deep, for me, it was childhood wounding. And so today I really want to unpack for me, what was underneath it and share that because if you've felt similarly, it's so easy to be like, oh, what's wrong with me? Like, why do I always do this? But like, we can actually start to understand not necessarily what's wrong with us, but why are we behaving the way we're behaving? So that's what I want to talk about today. (laughs) Um, And uh, that leads me into, into, yeah, the, the real aha moment that I actually had today that I was like so inspired to, to share um, in the hope that it will be of service to anyone listening today. So um, I sort of was just writing and, and this was what was coming to me was that we hold on to people, right? Because that's really what it is. Like we don't want to let go, even when there's red flags or we're kind of holding on to someone, but on some level we know like, I deserve more than this. Like, I actually don't think maybe this is the right person for me or whatever. So I write, you know, we hold on to people out of a fear of abandonment because it's such an uncomfortable feeling that we don't want to deal with. It's raw, it's primal, and it's really the emotion of our wounded inner child. And so I was sitting with that and I was like, all right, I have this intellectual awareness that the answer then is to detach, to let go. But where I was getting stuck was that, but then we're left with this seemingly unbearable feeling of abandonment. And um, 
feeling unwanted, feeling unseen, unloved, like others can't see our true worth and value, like we're not chosen and shown up for. So how do we cope with that feeling? (laughs) Because that was really what was just bringing me to such a low place for so long was like the feelings that it all was triggering within me. And if you can hear my dog barking in the background, um, that's what's going on. And um, she likes to participate. She gets excited. So that was what I wanted to share um, was that, you know, we, we can get to this point where we're like, all right, I get it. I'm supposed to let go. All right, cool. I know that that's the right action. Like let go, detach when there's red flags or when someone's disrespecting us, whatever it is, or just not, you know, making us feel chosen, whatever it is. Um, But what's underneath that feeling? Because I am at a point now where I can sit with uncomfortable emotion. I can breathe and I can cry and I can get angry and I can punch a pillow and I can go to boxing class or whatever else, yoga, you know, I can do whatever I need to do to get the emotion out and to feel it, to heal it, like they say, and to let it go, feel it and let it go. But there's more to it because if the feeling is still somehow there, what's actually underneath it is a belief, a limiting belief. And we're getting that from our childhood, most likely. For me, I know I was. So a big limiting belief I had was that men don't show up for me in the way I deserve, you know, didn't happen with my father, didn't happen with boyfriends, Um, men disappoint me. Like these were like limiting beliefs um, that, you know, I don't feel chosen, I don't feel, you know, all these things. And so I had various limiting beliefs. And, um, there are a couple things that I had to come to terms with. One was that, like I shared a little bit, the hyper awareness of red flags. I do not ignore red flags now at all. The slightest red flag, I am gone. Lose my number if I've already seen <laughs> if I've already seen it. Like if I'm not, you know, responsive. Like I've seen a red flag and I'm out of there. Um, and I've had to, I don't know if it's like, you know, part of our spiritual path on earth, but definitely since this, you know, traumatic event happened, I've had a lot of tests along the way, if you want to call it that, or chances to practice, (laughs) uh, not ignoring red flags. And I'm really proud of myself that, you know, there's guys who have been trying to date me and one of them in particular, um, was using lines from, if you remember this book from the early 2000s called The Game, um, The Secret Life of Pickup Artists. I found out he was using lines straight up from that book. He was negging me. He was, if you know what negging is, it's when you do like, um, like sort of a covert insult. Men will do this in that culture of um, pickup artists to attempt to make a woman um, 
unconsciously seek his approval. It's this really messed up manipulative tactic. And the whole book is about getting women into bed as soon as possible. These men turn it into a game. It's really gross. But this guy was using lines from the game on me. And I didn't notice at first. And then I like Googled something. I was like, that was really weird what he said. And I Googled it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's 100% word for word from this book. And um, as soon as I saw that, I had all the information I needed. And I, it didn't matter if he was good looking. It didn't matter, whatever. I got the hell away from that situation. And I've had other situations as well where as soon as there is like one moment of disrespect, one moment of a red flag, and I'm talking like red, like real red flags, not like, um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not like just like so overly sensitive, but like I am mindful and I'm respect myself enough to pay attention to things like that and to honor myself and never betray myself ever again. So that's been a huge learning lesson for me. Um, but also the other thing I wanted to share was, you know, flipping some of those beliefs underneath the emotion and um, really, you know, there's different ways to do that. And that's part of um, what I share if you work with me. I wanted to share sort of how I flipped one of my beliefs because um, I think it's helpful to share in real time when I'm able to do that. So one of mine, you know, was about just not feeling um, chosen, I guess. Um, and we live in this culture where it, it's like equating women's worth to being chosen by a man, which is so messed up. And even if we consciously are like, that's ridiculous, like I still feel that in some of my, you know, I've had conversations where I'm like, yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm all right on my own. Like, you know, I'm taking some time off from dating to be single and just focus on myself and traveling and work. And sometimes people are like, but you need me to fix you up. Or do you, are you sure? I'm like, I'm okay. Like, I think it's really this um, cultural thing of like women somehow aren't okay on their own. And I would so much rather be on my own than with the wrong person or betraying myself or putting up with any kind of covert abuse or overt abuse. And so I really want to, um, I hope that, you know, in my lifetime, I see that change where women, you know, don't need a ring on their finger to, to know their worth and um, that we can, you know, stand on our own two feet. And if we want to have a pretty ring on our finger, we can have that. If we want to get married, we can have that, but that's not where we're getting our worth and value from. Um, so the way I was able to flip this sort of limiting belief, you know, was to reframe it that I choose me and I choose to show up as my true self, as my authentic self. And in doing so, some people will love me for me and choose me. And others will realize we're not a match. And that's in every way, personally, professionally, every way. Um, both are okay. And what's meant for me will always find me. And that's my empowering shift that I wanted to share. Um, those who do choose me can clearly see my true worth and value. And while it's true that many men have triggered a feeling of disappointment within me and my life, 
What I also know to be true is that the right one for me will have no problem showing up for me, treating me well, um, having integrated conversations about things like inner child and abandonment wounding, and um, will make a valiant effort to minimize ever making me feel that way. I can't control the who, the how, the when, but I can choose to never abandon myself or ignore red flags. And I can choose to practice mindfulness and detachment and to not chase, but to attract. So I hope that serves you today. I'm going to keep it, uh, about tw- you know, it's about 20 minutes. So I don't know if I'll say short, short and sweet, short-ish and sweetish, <laughs> sweetish, sweet-ish. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to be really real today and really raw. And I love listening to people who are real and raw. So I hope it's of service to you um, and take what serves you, let go of the rest. And I will hopefully, I'm really hoping to be jumping back on here um, again and making these episodes more consistently. But like I said, I am going real easy with myself, real gentle these days. So um, hopefully that does happen and evolves organically. Thanks so much for tuning in, especially if you stayed until the very end, and I will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.